Hey everyone, it's Ryan again with the Blockchain Podcast. And today I want to talk about the huge price movements that we've seen in Litecoin, Ethereum, and Bitcoin and talk a little bit about what's causing this and discuss valuation and how that may change in the future. And so a lot of people are seeing, you know, these huge price movements. If you look at Litecoin, it's gone from about $4 at the beginning of this year to nearly $400 uh, just recently. For Ethereum, it's gone from about $8 to about $700 plus, and Bitcoin has gone from about $400 to about $20,000 or thereabouts. And so that represents anywhere between, you know, 50 times increase for Bitcoin versus uh, Ethereum or Litecoin, which is nearing 100 times return in a single year, which is unprecedented, really unheard of. And so the real question is, is what is driving this? And the real simple answer for the first level of, uh, of drive, if you will, or the first driver, I should say, is awareness. And these coins have been around, these assets have been around for a while, especially Bitcoin and Litecoin. Ethereum has been around since about uh, 2014 or so, Bitcoin since about 2009, Litecoin about 2011. So some of these have been around for a long time with Ethereum being the fastest mover out of the three. And the, the question again is, what is driving this? And so, like I said, awareness is a big one. So as people learn about these different tokens or these different assets and even other ones, it drives this demand. And so really it's a buy-sell sort of mentality. But if you don't know about something, you can't buy it or you won't buy it, obviously. And Ethereum, Bitcoin, and Litecoin are typically the three coins that are used to enter into the crypto space. So if you look at Coinbase, you can buy either one of those three. And prior, before, you know, the beginning of this year, there was only Bitcoin and then they added Litecoin and then they added Ethereum. And that really helped uh, create this visibility. Now, they didn't take off right away for Litecoin and Ethereum, but it created this ability for people to purchase them with U.S. dollars, with euros, with British pounds and going from fiat to digital currency. And so that's the first level of sort of uh, value is awareness. And secondly, is that accessibility. So if you can access them, then you get more money that flows in. And that's what we get. We've seen with these three. Now, there are a lot of other coins that have also seen pretty good rises, but not as big as these ones. And that would be something like Monero or Dash or IOTA or these other coins, which are a little bit harder to get because they're not listed um, on a lot of exchanges. They're listed, you know, on things like Bittrex or Poliniex or a handful of others. And it takes more work to get them because you have to, say, go into Coinbase, uh, purchase one of the, the three cryptocurrencies, Ethereum, Litecoin, or Bitcoin. And then you have to move those over to a different exchange. And then you have to purchase this uh, kind of third tier or second tier sort of token or asset. And so those additional steps, a lot of people aren't comfortable or familiar with, but everyone's pretty comfortable with just signing up for a Coinbase account, uh, connecting their bank account and just buying some Bitcoin or Litecoin or Ethereum. And so that first level is very, very important, that first awareness and uh, accessibility. And again, those things alone, once they become um, available like that, it just drives demand because of accessibility. The next thing is this 
uh, utility or proposed utility. So obviously these coins have been vetted to a certain degree if they're on these more prominent exchanges and there's, they have some legs, they have some history. Uh, it's, it's kind of this, uh, like I said, a vetting process. Uh, but there's thousands of other coins that uh, are really shit coins that no one should touch and they're listed on very few exchanges or no exchanges at all. And so there's this huge differential and depending upon the proposed utility or the team behind it or the innovation, you know, those things are kind of vetted out and the ones that uh, are at least more prominent or more promising uh, move to the top and are listed on, again, the more prominent exchanges. So it's kind of this self-selection that occurs, but that goes into what is the proposed utility. So for Bitcoin, it uh, is and was the first cryptocurrency uh, in this era, and it uh, is kind of the first mover advantage. A lot of people built infrastructure around that. They built exchanges, they built payment processing, they built wallets, and so it's got this large ecosystems. They built even ASIC miners, and so a lot of money has gone into Bitcoin specifically for no other reason than it's the first. It's not the best technology, but it is the first, and it has the greatest brand recognition and the largest network, I'd argue, at this point. Now, Ethereum is interesting because it has a different take. It's a smart contract sort of system, and so it has a different sort of utility, um, different sort of value proposition, and there's a lot of transactions occurring on it because people can build applications on top of it or can use the blockchain for their applications. And so that has that sort of utility. For Litecoin, uh, sometimes people scratch their head, you know, what, how's Litecoin different than Bitcoin? And Litecoin has focused on fees, um, has focused on being a bit more innovative, I think, than Bitcoin simply because uh, the governance structure of Bitcoin and the prominence of that has caused, you know, a lot of disagreement, a lot of politics, you know, all these forks. Whereas Litecoin has kind of taken a second tier seat to that and just kind of rides along or at least uh, adds new technology. It gets tested and then it'll potentially be adopted by Bitcoin, which is what happened with SegWit. So I look at Litecoin as a cheaper fee, lower fee version of Bitcoin, very similar, um, has been around a while. People understand it, people know it, and it has a good size network. And so it's a good alternative for uh, Bitcoin. So that's why it's gained so much prominence. And especially since uh, the fees for Bitcoin are so, so high right now, and they'll continue to be high until something like the Lightning Network is adopted, which again will be adopted by uh, Litecoin as well. And I think actually Litecoin will adopt it first. Now we'll have to wait and see how the Lightning Network affects fees and how it affects how people use it and demand and price and all of that. But overall, the consensus is that uh, it's potentially a very good thing for scaling the network. For Ethereum, their version of that is Plasma, and I won't talk too much about that right now, but it also has uh, plans for scalability because it's also running into issues with scaling high fees. And because it's a transactional sort of, uh, or it's like a contract or application transactional sort of uh, uh, smart contract, that means that even though the fees are lower than Bitcoin, there's a lot more frequency and that higher frequency is going to become very costly for application developers. So it's hitting some scalability issues as well already. Whereas Litecoin, um, fees aren't too bad. It's still, it's still doing fine. Or things like even Bitcoin Cash, um, it's fee-centric. It wants low fees. And now you're starting to talk about, or now I'm starting to talk about, the utility component. How are these being used in reality? Now, take away the speculation, take away awareness, accessibility, 
people are looking for huge returns, pumping money into it. And that's what's moved these so high. Um, but then once that kind of fades and subsides and things begin to stabilize, people aren't going to be pumping money in simply for these huge returns. Uh, you know, that ship has kind of sailed. You might still get another 10 times out of it, but uh, uh, at some point it's got to stop for all of these. They can't appreciate forever. They can't be quadrillion dollar coins, right? So it goes and it changes to utility. And so how are these things going to be used in the future? Which one's going to be the better product? Which are, what, what uh, segment are these products going to serve? And this is where you start getting into these second tier coins like EOS or IOTA or Monero or Zencash or Zcash or these others where they're focusing on different aspects of the ecosystem like privacy coins or highly scalable coins or machine to machine coins or ones that can be deployed uh, uh, for specific applications um, and, and there's a number of others there's tons of others uh, the idea being though that they're all trying to propose a particular utility be better uh, than a particular implementation or be different than a particular implementation and this is the competitive differentiation or the market segmentation which market are you looking after which or going after i should say and there's a handful so in my kind of portfolio which uh, i'll be posting for uh, premium members on blockchain.co so if you haven't signed up go to the site sign up for an account and then i'll uh, you'll have access to what i think are the ones to watch and there's about a top 20 to a top 30 and each of these coins and tokens have just slightly different variations so go do that after you're done listening to this sign up and uh, those will be there in a bit but this utility is an important component to think about for the longer term. And after this real big speculative phase kind of fades a little bit. That's not to say that the price is necessarily going to crash dramatically. But it is to say that at some point you have to transition from just simply people buying to buy to how are these being used and what's the utility and what's the actual value. Uh, and then also how big is the network. So that's another big driver is this network effect. Um, and that's partially tied to uh, awareness and accessibility. So if people, a lot of people are aware of a coin or a token or they have uh, very easy access uh, and they're actually using it and it's got good utility, then you build this large network. And if you look at different valuation models, network effect is a big component of, I think more, more than anything right now, it's how big can you build the network? How many users can you get? Uh, to use your uh, coin or your token. And then again, it will fall back to reality, which is what is the utility of these? Are people continuing to use these? Are people using Bitcoin? And Bitcoin right now, for example, is used a lot to get into the crypto space, to buy other assets, other tokens. It's kind of the gateway vehicle. Litecoin is used uh, similarly, but also primarily, I think, for transactional sort of things. It's cheaper to transact in it. Uh, it's easy. It's fast. Uh, Ethereum for these smart contracts and a variety of others uh, for different things. Uh, IOTA is still kind of in beta, but it has this scalability sort of uh, uh, advantage potentially if everything works out and they can get the network scaled that is pretty interesting. Whereas EOS has a different take on it to scale dramatically as well. And so for all of these coins, big issue right now is scalability and ease of use, I would say as well. And so when you're looking at these different things, you have to figure out, you know, who's going to be able to scale? Um, are people going to use it? What is the value of each of these tokens? 
um, how much speculation has gone into it. Is it overvalued at this point? Is it undervalued at this point? Where do these things fall? And that's something that a lot of people are thinking about right now. And a lot of people are also worried that this is, you know, the another dot-com bubble where people are just tossing money at things. They're in half-baked projects and complete projects. And I'd say that there's a little bit of that for sure, but there's also some real value, just like the internet saw a lot of real value with Facebook or Google or Amazon. And then they also saw, you know, a lot of crap companies that ended up just being a domain name and going under. And so we're in that same sort of environment. And so you have to be very discerning about which projects and which coins and which assets are actually worth investing or buying into. Um, so the other uh, thing to look at when valuing these things is competition. And right now, competition isn't actually a huge factor because who's going to win in each particular segment or if there's room for multiple players in each segment, that's that's still that's still up in the air, right? So if you have a few privacy coins like Monero or Zencash or Zcash, that's probably fine because it's an entire global market. So the market is huge um, and you can probably have multiple players. But at some point when another coin comes out that's, you know, very small and it's a privacy coin is basically using the same sort of technologies. The question is, is, is that actually going to be a viable project? Um, I don't know. You have multiple uh, tokens or assets uh, or coins uh, vying for the smart contract space like NEO or Ethereum or Ethereum Classic or a ton of others. And the question again is, is which one of those is going to win? Which one of those is going to lose? Uh, what's the market share going to look like afterwards? And smart contracts are more, um, say, versatile, if you will, or there's differentiation. And so some may argue that you're going to have a lot of different smart contract platforms or even that specific chains are deployed um, for a particular application. So it's not this one big winner like Ethereum takes all. It's a bunch of these smart contract chains that different things are built on that are industry specific or sector specific or region specific. And so that could definitely come about. So at the end of the day, though, all of this value, all of this money, all of these things are going to be dropped onto these coins and people are going to invest money and continue to invest money. And they're going to flow through, you know, whatever currencies that you can go from fiat to crypto first. And so those are always going to have that entry value. And right now, again, those are Bitcoin, Ethereum and Litecoin and probably Bitcoin Cash, too. There, there's a big push to uh, uh, denominate a bunch of assets in Bitcoin Cash. And so those are your entry currencies, if you will. Then after that, there's a bunch of other assets that are your kind of utility assets or specific segments or sectors or things that they're trying to address. Um, again, I talked about a bunch of those, but governance, scalability, applications, smart contracts, privacy, um, uh, or even storage sort of stuff with like SIA or storage. That's the phase that we're getting into now. I think 2017 is going to be known as the year where there was this awareness and accessibility um, I mean, even now with Bitcoin, you have futures trading. So, I mean, look at accessibility, look at uh, credibility there. Um, but now 2018, I think, isn't so much about awareness and accessibility. I think there will still be a residual effect of that and people will still be, you know, very uh, interested and more people will catch on. But that phase and that valuation part of it, I think, is mostly going to be contained to 2017. And 2018 is going to be looking at scalability. It's going to be looking at utility. It's going to be looking at who are the real players that have legs that can continue 
And by the end of 2018, I think you're going to have a lot of projects more or less fail, um, be very low value, be sold off. And you're going to see the ones that are going to rise to the top continue to rise, continue to establish themselves. But I also think that you're going to see a significant differentiation in the smart contract areas. I think you're going to see um, some interesting things from EOS potentially and a handful of others. And the other thing to consider too is, is that we are only about a year into this much widespread um, awareness of the space. And I think more money is going to come in from investment capital from uh, VCs, but also just these ICOs. Um, there's going to be more infrastructure built and it's going to get to the next leg in about a year. And what the valuation of Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin or these others looks like, it's anybody's guess. Uh, but I think there's going to be the small shitty coins are going to more or less fade away. There will be more that pop up all the time, but it's going to be harder and harder to discern uh, against which ones are worth investing in and which ones are not worth investing in because there's just going to be so many more and there's going to be so many more nuances and you're really going to have to understand the space. And so the, the days of, you know, 100, 1,000 times return uh, are probably fleeting and gone away. But there are still days where there's going to be uh, multiples and up to 10 times return, I think, in 2018 for maybe even the more prominent coins, too, as it, there's more infrastructure and more acceptance. You know, I think another big stage for this is not just accessibility for buying the coin specifically, but also usability. And can you go to McDonald's or Walmart or Target or Costco and can you purchase assets or I'm sorry, goods? with your digital currencies that's going to be another big milestone in this space and when that occurs i think you can see you would see big jumps but again scalability is really a big constraint right now and if you don't know what that means it means you know just the ability to process a number of transactions a second you know right now for all the coins it's relatively low but for something like visa or mastercard it's actually very very high or even paypal and so the digital currencies have to get to that scale where they can process quickly reliably, efficiently, and securely um, in a very quick time frame. And when that occurs, and if people accept digital currencies as a payment method, you're going to see the next era of uh, this blockchain technology, the next era of this value proposition. And I think that if people really believe in this space and you're participating in the space, whether an investor or otherwise, I think you need to participate in getting... Um, or using these currencies as they're intended, whether it's building applications or whether it's purchasing goods or whether you're a retailer and accepting Bitcoin or Litecoin or another digital currency as payment. So when that starts happening, that's when you're going to see the next uh, valuation phase, if you will, when it's going to add utility, it's going to increase network, and that's going to be where you're going to get your next big bump. So looking for coins and assets that uh, have real, real value, real utility. And that takes getting into the nitty gritty of understanding how they work, why they work, where they work. And in this podcast, I'm going to try and outline those for a number of different coins, but it's more research and more homework and the low hanging fruit of just buying a coin and sitting on it are probably over. So with that, you know, I'll kind of close this podcast and uh, hope to see you next time. Check out the website at blockchain.co. I'll be posting more information there. And like I said before, sign up and you'll get access to my watch list. And with that, I'll see you next time on the Blockchain Podcast.